This is in regards to the Facebook post on Sacred Vajraginis initiation and what are the commitments afterwards. Some people have this idea that they don't have to ground themselves, learn up, and make themselves very stable in the preliminary practices and preliminary teachings. That they feel that Tantra is the fastest path, so therefore it bypasses everything else. And once they go into Tantra, they receive the magic initiation from the uh, Lama on the throne, and they get the sacred secret mantra, and they just go into their rooms and they uh, recite, then everything will transform, everything will change, everything will be overnight success. Well, it doesn't really happen that way, and uh, that's not the way Tantra was actually presented. Unfortunately, some people throughout the world have advertised Tantra the wrong way in the first place. The wrong way is to advertise that it is the fastest path, the quickest path, and that if you just rely on Tantra alone, you can achieve everything and nothing else is uh, much needed, that it just bypasses. So as a result, you get a lot of people running for initiations, running for these secret practices, running for the sacred, running for everything that is tantric in nature. Well, there are people out there who are qualified to get tantra, and they practice and they do get results, some quickly. But most of us, including myself, are not. So therefore, what I like to elucidate is here, using Vajrayogini's tantra as an example, but it definitely applies to Kala Chakra, and Yamantaka, Guya Samaja, Chittamanitara, um, Hiruka, Gawagyatso Chenezik. It applies to all of those. And what happens is, during the Tantric initiation, in short, I can't explain too much for those of you who don't have initiation, as I would be breaking my commitments. But um, in short, during Tantric initiation, you have the preparatory initiation, which is one day, the first day. Then you have the actual initiation the next day. And during the preparatory initiation, you're supposed to examine to see if any inauspicious signs or dreams or anything happened that should give you a warning that you shouldn't get this initiation as you are not ready. From the side of the tantra or initiation, there is no fault. From the side of the receiver, sometimes you are not ready. So therefore, the, the next day, the second day is the actual initiation. When you receive the initiation, you have to take certain vows, you have to take certain commitments, and you have to take certain promises. And those promises and vows and commitments that you take during initiation are extremely important. They are more important for you to gain attainments, to, for you to get the result from the initiation. The initiation itself is to plant the seeds into your mind stream. But the actual work happens after the initiation. The actual process of gaining attainments happen after the initiation. There are cases where during initiation some people get attainments, but those are far and very distant in between. Those you should not rely and hope on. Because we have to look at our qualities. Do we have bodhicitta? Do we have some realization, understanding shunyata that is um, manifested in our daily activities, not just the intellectual understanding? So therefore, simply to hope that we will get some attainments from the initiation itself, is the hope of a, of a beggar, the hope of a very poor person wishing to buy a huge big building, but they have no money. So like that, what's important is that whatever we have promised during initiation is much more important after initiation. 
And after, whether you meet your Lama or not, whether you are getting special care from your Lama or not, whether your Lama has, have, uh, is uh, unfortunately passed away or you're still living or not, it doesn't matter. Because during the initiation, you have taken oaths and commitments and samayas and promises from your Lama as a deity. So during the initiation of Vajragini, you don't visualize your Lama as a human being or, or a monk or the teacher or whatever. You visualize it as taking it directly from Vajragini. So whether your Lama is hanging around you or is alive or has passed away makes no difference because actually during the initiation, the correct mode of receiving initiation is to think that you have received a Vajragini. Or in the case of Yamataka, Yamataka. So therefore, Yamataka is deathless. Vajugini is deathless. Therefore, if your Lama is around or not, if they are alive or not, it doesn't make any difference. It should not impact your practice whatsoever. So therefore, during your initiation, you have promised several things. Many things, in fact. But let's put it in a nutshell that's easier. After one has received the initiation, one should not talk about the initiation to people who are not qualified, who do not know anything. The reason is because it might give wrong understanding or misunderstanding. And is your understanding enough to share? So we have to be careful about that. So to, not to reveal Tantra to people who are not ready. And to reveal Tantra to people who have taken Tantra, but who have lost faith or who have not committed, who have um, kind of not stuck with the Lama and went away, we're not allowed to share the tantric practices with them anymore. That's not something that I made up. This is what it says. So therefore, um, every day, in fact, after initiation, it is said that if we want to keep our practice very strict, we should not reveal the images of our yidam. It should be covered away. It should be not be seen by anyone, whether it's a statue or it is a picture. Now, my teacher, one of my teachers, Kensu Jambai Yeshiva Mbache, the, the uh, Abbot Emeritus of Gandhin Sharte told me that if we were to keep a picture of our Yidam because we just like to see the Yidam, we like to make offerings, and we like to have something visual there, it is permissible that if we have one original photo, Tanka uh, representation, fully covered, and think that this is my Yidam, this is my main um, Yidam's image, and put it away behind something that no one can see, and then have a second picture or second image that is revealed and opened. So the second one can be seen by others. That's what Rimuchi told me. Then you wouldn't be breaking the commitment of keeping it so-called secret. All right? Then um, you have to do your 21 Vajrasattva mantras daily. So in the Vajragini Long Sadhana, it's already inclusive. So every single day, you must recite the Vajrasattva mantra 21 times according to the tantra that you have received. The reason is because, because we have heavy habituations. It's very hard for us to keep our commitments totally pure. So when we do Vajrasattva daily, we stop the karma for infraction of our commitments to increase. So the infraction, the karmic consequences of it infracting, or the infraction of it, will not increase. Then every day we must do the six-session Guru Yoga. The six-session Guru Yoga, the short one, if we can do the long one, that's the best. Uh, the short one, written by Kyanji Pabongka Dojichang, or Pabongka Rimuchi, is used. So after Dalai Lama's initiation, after initiation in Gandhin, Sarah, Jepong, all of Gandhin, Sarah, Jepong, Namgyal Monastery, 
all of these great monasteries, all of these great sanghas, all these practitioners, they use the six-session Guru Yoga as composed by Gyalche Pabongka Rinpoche, Pabongka Dechi Ningbo in Tibet. And Pabongka was requested to recite, to, uh, to uh, compose something short for people who claimed they didn't have time to do the long one. So the short six-session Guru Yoga, you should recite three in the morning, three at night. If you find that difficult, six times per day as and when you like. All right? And then you have to do Tsok twice a month. On the Tibetan, on the lunar 10th and 25th, you must do Tsok twice a month. And if you cannot make it to Tsok for a very good reason, then you need to do your Yidam's mantra three times more than a normal commitment. So if you promise to do three, then on Tsok day, if you cannot make it, you do nine. All right? Then the next one is that you have to do your mantra every single day, whatever mantra you've committed to. If you break it, you have to double it. If you break it again, you have to double it. If you break it again, you have to double it. So if you promise three, if you break it, you have to do six. If you break it, you have to do 12. If you break it, you have to do 24. If you break it, you have to do 48. So it's double the amount, not double from the original. Okay? So 48 times two and so on, so on if you break it. When can you go back to the original? You can go back to the original if you get that initiation again. All right? If you get the same exact initiation again, it doesn't need to be the same Lama in case your Lama has passed away. If you have to get the same initiation again, and when you swear in for the number, you cannot swear in the original number, you have to swear in the next number. So if you swore in three originally, the next time you have to swear six. So let me make that clear. The only way you can clear your breaking of the mantras is if you get the initiation again. If you get the initiation again, you cannot promise what you promised the first time. You have to promise double what you promised the first time. So it's the second time towards your Vajagini initiation, and the first time you promise three, the second time you have to promise six. All right? That's if you are to... Then from henceforth, you can do the mantra six times every day and or more. Of course, you should do more. All right? So um, next one is some lamas ask you to do the short, some lamas ask you to do the long, some lamas ask you no mantra. Uh, I'm sorry, no sadhana, just the mantra. Okay, so if you are to do the sadhana every day, of course you do it every day, but that is optional according to what the Lama gave you. But just because you don't have the commitment, you shouldn't say, I don't have to do it. Because you see, the actual commitment to do is the sadhana, the meditation, the practice, the mantra, vajasattva, you know, and the, the five Buddha family commitments. The, whole, the actual practice is the whole thing. So what lamas are doing now is that they're condensing the commitments every day, hoping that without the commitment to do it every day, you will automatically do it anyway. Because if you have to do 10 to become fully enlightened, how could you do 2 every single day to replace the 10 to become enlightened? So if you are supposed to do 10 every single day, you have to do 10 every single day, whether you have the commitment or not. For example, if, if there's a long sadhana vajukini for you to do, to become enlightened, you got to do the long one. By skipping out on the long one and just doing the short one, you're not going to get the benefits of the long one. Though, then you might think, well, why is there a short one? Well, there's a short one just to keep up the blessings so you overcome your particular problem or obstacle. Maybe you're traveling, maybe you're sick, maybe you're not well, maybe you have some issues. So it's just to do it for a few days and then you do the long one. Although you don't have a commitment to do the long one, you should do the long one. If you don't do it, you don't break your promise, you don't break your commitment, but neither do you get faster to enlightenment. So therefore, if you're supposed to do 10 things to achieve 
enlightenment through Vajraganese practice, Yamantaka Hiruka. Then you say, well, I only promise to do two, so I'm going to do two every single day, and I'm going to wish for enlightenment through that. Well, you know, that's not going to happen, because you promise to do, you promise to do two where you should do ten. So if you, promise to do, if you didn't promise to do ten, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do ten. Does everybody understand that? All right. I'm not being tough on this. I'm trying to be very clear, very open, and very pragmatic about tantric practice. And this applies to Yamataka, Hiruka, Guya, so much all the other ones. So don't think this is just for Vajugini. All right? The next one is, <clears throat> you should, before your death, actually, this is what Saramji told us, before, at our initiation, before our death, we should in fact have the will and the create the causes and circumstances and actually finish a full-length Vajugini retreat with fire puja, with offerings and the full ritual. So before we die, we should think, I will learn up how to do that, I will do that, and I will finish it. So that's very important to do before we die. For any strange reason that we make this wish today and tomorrow we die, well, we didn't break this commitment if our intent was there to do it. We do break our commitment thinking that I, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. I am maybe later, maybe, 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 maybe. Because you know what? You can kind of fool people around you, but you can't fool your own karma. You can also play games with your own mind, but you can't fool your own karma. So therefore, before you pass away, you should, you should finish a full-length Vajugini retreat, full mantra count, with full ritual, concluding with a Fire Puja. All right. Last but not least is that there is a, <clears throat> there are tantric clothes, tantric ornaments, and tantric instruments that everybody is supposed to carry with them wherever they go, like a Vajra and Bell and, and Damaru and all that stuff. Um, wherever you go, you should carry that with you. Well, it's going to be a little heavy, and it's going to be a lot, and there are some things like, you know, bone dresses, bone ornaments, bone... Um, um, armlets and bone um, bracelets and bone skirts. I mean, where are we going to get that today? So what happens is that there's a sheet. There's a sheet that's available that is drawn out all the tantric ornaments, all the tantric dress, and all the tantric offerings that we need is, is, um, is kind of uh, drawn out on a sheet, and um, we can carry that around. All right, we can carry that sheet around, and uh, that will be all right. If there's a big demand on that, I can actually Xerox or I can blog that piece of paper and I can put it up on my blog site where people can download it and keep that sheet inside their book not to be seen by others. So therefore, if that's kept with you, then you keep the tantric commitments of keeping all these items near you that are auspicious and that are necessary for your attainments. All right? So therefore, um, if there's no request for that, you can get it from somewhere else, or you have it already, that's, that's wonderful. So therefore, in short, after initiation, after initiation, post-initiation is much more, in, much more important than the actual initiation. So we need to get a very good grounding in teachings such as the Bodhisattva, Chayravatara, the Wheel of Sharp Weapons, especially the Lamrim, the three principal paths. Um, if we can, if we can, um, ornament of clear realization by Maitreya, um, 
we should study up on our tantric vows. That's very important. And afterwards, we have to hold our tantric vows. That's one very strong commitment. We should read our tantric vows daily or weekly till we are totally familiar with them. We should read and study up on our bodhisattva vows. Tapo um, Rimchi in France has written a beautiful book on the bodhisattva vows. And everybody should get that and take a read and study it. It's very clear, very precise. So therefore, um, after initiation, we should hold our vows very strongly. We should hold our tantric and bodhisattva vows as if we protect our own eyes. And if we don't hold our vows and we do everything else, we're not going to get many attainments. You know, sometimes when we get angry or sometimes when we're not happy or sometimes when we're dissatisfied, we want to get someone back or we want to perhaps, you know, say something or do something and we're satisfied from getting that, getting that person back. Well, you have to think, is it worth it to get this person back and sacrifice my Vajrayini practice? Is it worth it to get this person back or get this situation back or just to win or look good or have a face and then sacrifice my Yamataka, Guya Samaja or whatever practice I'm doing? Because when you do that, you kind of break your vows. So you're kind of selling out on your tantric practice for that one person. Is that one person and winning over them more important than holding your vows? Because sometimes we get lost in the heat of the moment, in the passion, in what's happening. And we have to always think that whatever we say and do, whether it's wrathful or peaceful or you know, whatever we say or do, we've got to think it through fast. And if we can't think it through, that shows us clearly we're not ready for tantra. We've got to think it through fast, clean, and clear and then do what we need to do because we know clearly what we are doing. We can't say, oh, later, oh, I was angry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. The deed's been done, your vow's been broken. So therefore, in order to look good over someone, not to lose face, you don't want to admit you're wrong, you don't want to apologize, you don't want to you know, come out with the truth, you don't want to say something that might mean something else to somebody else because you want to look good, you don't want to lose face. Is that worth it? Is that worth it over your vows and your practice. It's not let the other person win. Very simple. So therefore, after, I'm looking at my notes here, after tantric commitment, after tantric, sorry, after tantric initiation, one should hold your vows, bodhisattva and tantric vows. One should do your vajrasattva every single day, 21 times minimum or more. You have to do your six session guru yoga. You have to do your tot twice a month. And if you can't do it, you got to do your mantra triple, you have to do your daily mantra recitation or more. And you have to do um, up to you what your Lama has given you, your short or long sadhana. But let me repeat again, just because your Lama didn't ask you to do it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because that's part of the path. That's what we should be doing to become enlightened. Otherwise, why did we get the initiation in the first place? Okay? And um, before death, we need to do a full-length retreat of Ajakini, com- completed by a fire puja, sealed by a fire puja. How do we do that? If we don't know how, we can get someone to help us. Okay? Um, and we should keep our tantric instruments. And if we don't have those, then we should keep those on a piece of paper, drawn out. Because whether they're drawn out or 3D doesn't specify, so drawn out is fine. Okay? Remember, um, all these things, post-initiation practice for the rest of our life is more important to gain it attainments. And once you get an initiation, you don't have to run for any other initiations. You don't have to run for many tantric deities. Lama Tsongkhapa recommended San De Jiksum, Guya Samaja, Hiruka, Yamataka. He recommended 
for us as his disciples to do all three tantric practices because they complement each other. And for these degenerate times, they're very, very beneficial. But you know, as times become even more degenerate, after hundreds of years after Lama Tsongkhapa has gone into para-nirvana, well, Pabongka Rinpoche recommended all of us to do Vajagini solely. And he kind of said that, look, this is the synthesis of all the Buddhas. This one counters all the negative attachments arising from desire we have during the Kali Yuga. My first teacher, Kensar Losan Tarchin Rinpoche, Kensar Losan Tarchin has passed away. His incarnation is back. He is from Sarame Monastery. And he told us, this was his exact words, when I was like 14, and we received the initiation from him in Howell, New Jersey. Great master, great Tibetan master. And uh, he said, you guys are very lazy. And for lazy people like you who want big attainments, Vajragini is the perfect deity. That's what he said to all of us, okay? That's not what Temurmachi says, because Temurmachi doesn't know much, but this is what great masters, my gurus, have said. And I have full confidence in what they say. So I sit here talking to you with full confidence, not because I know so much, but because these came from the mouth of very learned masters. So I dare say with a lot of confidence. So therefore, Kensalosan Tanchen Rimji said that this would be the perfect idam for lazy people. When he say lazy, he means attached, people who make excuses for not enough time, people who say they don't um, have uh, enough knowledge, they don't have enough merits. Well, this includes lazy, because his, his meaning of lazy is very, very pervasive. He's very skillful. He's very compassionate. So therefore, um, I'm not calling you lazy, but I am saying that we are all <coughs> inundated with samsara. And so if we want to combine all the deities into one, Vajiguni would be totally perfect, totally wonderful for this day and age. All right? So this is the kind of commitments we need to keep after Vajiguni, and I wanted to share that with you on this video. I wish you good luck. And I really wish that all of you would pursue the Vajagini path. And I wish you would find a qualified master, not me, a qualified master, and go and learn and listen. You see, I don't see my job as being a guru. I see my job as someone that is pushing you towards finding a guru, pushing you towards learning Dharma. I hope inspiring you towards doing more in your life or Dharma wherever you are. I, I'm, I'm not here to become the guru of the world. I'm not here to be the master of the world. I am not here to be the maha teacher of the planet. I have no intention and I don't have the qualification. And I wouldn't want to be in that kind of position even if I was qualified. But I'm kind of here to let you know that I have learned a lot of things in the last 30 years. I've sat at the feet of great lamas. I'm from Ganden. And um, well, I thought I'd share that with all of you. I thought I'd share that, that you should go and find your teachers. You should go and rekindle your relationship with your teachers or keep up your relationship with your teachers and be very devoted and find one practice whether that's Vajukini or you know uh, Yamataka or Hiroka doesn't really matter find that one practice go all the way and don't run for a lot of initiations after a lot of initiations unless you're really qualified um, you get confused you have more to do and you, you won't understand I've talked to hundreds of people who've gotten in that situation alright one, one Lama one practice one yidam, one commitment, and go all the way with it. And I wish all of you luck. I truly do. And I want you to attain something great within Vajragini's practice or any of your practices. Good luck. Thank you.